This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. The district court judge presiding during a two-year court battle over how the state allowed residents to change a birth certificate didn't just strike down the 2021 law as unconstitutional. He held the state, the attorney general, and the governor in contempt of court ordered the state to pay the plaintiff's attorney's bills for the entire many-month-long litigation and issued a scathing rebuke of the Montana Attorney General's office over how it handled the case. Yellowstone County District Judge Michael Moses struck down a 2021 law that had been technically enjoined for two years and would have required a surgical procedure in order to change a birth certificate. Moses had issued a preliminary injunction against the law shortly after it was enacted, which meant a previous 2017 law would go into effect again. However, on seven different instances, a point Moses highlighted in bold and all caps, lawyers for the American Civil Liberties Union of Montana had to go to court to try to enforce compliance with the injunction, as well as a reinstatement of previous birth certificate procedures. Each time the state responded with a litany of legal and technical excuses, including an appeal to the Montana Supreme Court to argue Moses's orders had been vague, an argument the Supreme Court rejected. On June 1st, ACLU attorneys argued for a second time for contempt charges to be brought against the state for refusing to reinstitute the 2017 process for changing birth certificates. Though a new assistant attorney general had recently taken over the legal case, he told the court he had his hat in his hand and could find no defense why the attorney general or the GN40 administration had not complied with a court order. The court respects the candor of the new defense counsel to finally come before this court with hat in hand. However, defense counsel could not provide a legitimate explanation of any kind for the continued non-compliance of his clients. There is no legal justification for defendants' continued refusal to follow court orders after numerous clarifications by this court and the Supreme Court of Montana. Plaintiffs requested that the defendants be held in contempt of court, while this court refrained from such a decision in September of 2022 after defendants' initial refusal to follow the temporary injunction, such restraint is no longer valid. Moses found the state in contempt, struck down the law as violating both the state and federal constitutions, and invoked a legal doctrine meant to reimburse a private organization for having to enforce constitutional law that ideally the state of Montana would have forced. Because of that, the judge ordered the state to pay all legal costs associated with the trial because it refused to follow the court's decision. Quote, the state repeatedly disobeyed a lawful order from this court, showing their contempt for this judicial body and the judicial system as a whole. Moses continued, In a hearing June 1st, plaintiffs stated the defendants had managed to completely frustrate the entire process of the preliminary injunction. This court agrees. 
On the matter of law, Moses said Senate Bill 280 was impermissibly vague. The cost for the ACLU and the attorneys working on the case, as well as expert witnesses, will be totaled soon. Judge Moses held out the possibility of a hearing if there's a dispute over the legal fees in the ruling, but remained hopeful the lawyers could negotiate a settlement. Because the issues surrounding SB 280 was directly related to due process in both the federal and state constitutions, Moses spent considerable time in the 20-page ruling building a step-by-step basis for why he was awarding attorney's fees. In his ruling, he zeroed in not on the lawmakers who passed the vague law, but how the state attorney general's office and the GN40 administration refused to comply with the law and refused to protect citizens' rights. At its monthly meeting, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks biologist Jim Olson unveiled an outline of FWP's immediate and long-term plans for the ailing Big Hole River that was at the Big Hole Watershed Committee meeting. The Beaverhead, Madison, and Ruby Rivers, which are similar to the Big Hole, have experienced declines in trout population and will be included in the proposed study. The mortality plans were presented about a month after Olson revealed historically low numbers of brown and rainbow trout on the three stretches of the river. The Beaverhead and Ruby have also seen historic low fish counts. The Madison has experienced decline as well, but not to the same degree. Quote, it's been pretty difficult and frankly quite frustrating to see population declines but not really having any good solutions because we don't understand the reasons for the declines, Olson said. A state district court judge has ordered Montana Governor Greg Gianforti's office to turn over public records related to his administration's dropping enforcement actions against a mining company executive who allegedly ran afoul of Montana's bad actor hard rock mining law. In his order, Lewis and Clark County District Judge Christopher Abbott wrote that Gianforti's office has six weeks to turn over the documents to the Montana Environmental Information Center. They had initially refused to turn over any documents that the nonprofit organization had requested. In his decision, Abbott wrote, while the decision whether to withhold any particular document may involve an exercise of discretion, The decision not to produce anything at all without doing that document-by-document review is not. The lawsuit filed by the Montana Environmental Information Center and Earthworks last year is related to a proposed mine next to the Cabinet Mountains Wilderness. After Gianforti was elected in 2020, his administration dismissed an ongoing enforcement action against Hecula Mining Company, which is seeking a permit to mine silver and gold. The governor's office responded that it wouldn't turn over the documents on the basis they were covered by attorney-client privilege and the deliberative process privilege. Quote from Abbott, The difficulty with this argument, however, is that it is completely unmoored from the text, history, and purpose 
underlying both Article 2, Section 9, and the implementing public records statutes. Abbott added that the constitutional right to know is not affected by the motivation of the person seeking public records. A federal court has blocked a large logging project near Libby. Ruling planners failed to analyze how it might hurt a struggling population of grizzly bears and Canada lynx. Quote, the court and the public should not have to embark on a scavenger hunt through nearly 30,000 pages of administrative records to find information that the biological opinion itself was supposed to disclose. U.S. District Judge Dana Christensen wrote in his order favoring the Alliance for the Wild Rockies over officials at the Kootenai National Forest. The decision halts the Ripley Project on the Kootenai National Forest, which anticipated 10 to 20 years of commercial timber work on just under 11,000 acres east of Libby. On Monday, the Blackfoot Nation transferred 20 wild buffalo to tribal lands near Chief Mountain, an area steeped in Blackfoot cultural history in the northwest portion of the reservation bordering Glacier National Park. The buffalo were brought to the Blackfeet from Alberta in 2016 after testing negative for diseases. In the seven years since, the tribe has been growing the captive herd in preparation for the release. Workers have removed one of the 10 rail cars that plunged into the Yellowstone River Saturday when a railroad trestle collapsed near Reed Point. The tanker car lifted out of the water by a crane contained asphalt. Five other cars that contained asphalt remain in the river, along with three that were carrying molten sulfur. The 10th car was a hopper car containing scrap metal. Emergency officials have said both the asphalt and the molten sulfur solidified quickly when exposed to cold water in the river. Several other train cars derailed but didn't go into the river. Two of the derailed cars contained sodium hydrosulfate, but they didn't rupture in the crash. Water quality testing is being done daily at 10 downstream sites and at one upstream site. The state of Montana has paid $825,000 to power plant owners wrongfully targeted by a 2021 law intended to keep the coal strip power plant operating. The payment is to cover the legal fees of coal strip power plant owners Puget Sound Energy, Avista Corporation, Portland General Electric, and Pacific Corps, who have a 70% interest in the generator. The two laws, among several bills created by the legislature, were thrown out by violating the state or federal constitutions. The state has since then started budgeting money for legal fees related to bad bill lawsuits. U.S. District Magistrate Judge Kathleen DeSoto ruled last October that the laws, which nullify key portions of the private business contract governing the power plant, violated the Commerce Clause and the Contract Clause of the U.S. Constitution, as well as the Federal Arbitration Act, laws established to keep states from meddling in the private agreements and businesses of others. If you need to hear this report again, 
please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRTDB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in now 51 U.S. states and Canadian provinces, three Native American nations, and 31 countries on six continents. We also post expanded versions of our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.